You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdet Nation and Houdet family? Welcome into another episode of Locked On Saints, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Day on today's episode, we're joined by WWL Sports Director Doug Mouton, who's here to give us the lowdown from everything that went down over at New Orleans Saints Camp Day One. We're going to start off on the offensive side, talk about the quarterback battle, and of course the wide receiver position. Then we'll go over to the defensive side, where there are a lot of spots for the Saints to address, and then we'll wrap up with winners from Camp Day One and looking ahead to the days to come. All on today's episode, and as always, I'm your host Ross Jackson at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter co-managing editor over at CanalStreetChronicles.com and your Tuesday co-host over at the National Locked On NFL Podcast. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints, your team every day. All right, everybody, it is Doug Mouton making his way back to the podcast here on Locked On Saints. Doug, thanks so much for being here again with us. Anytime. (laughs) <laughs> Always good to see you. And of course, it's great to see you today in particular. Here we are on the evening of day one of training camp. And I just want to dive right into it. What were some of your takeaways over the offensive side for day one of New Orleans Saints training camp? Well, look, the first thing, and I think this is important until they put the pads on, which come Monday, is that you don't want to start overthinking and overanalyzing what you're seeing uh, you know, when they're in shells and when they're in, yeah. you know, not padded. So first of all, is you sort of have to step back and, and maybe listen more. And sometimes comments that you get after practice, sometimes the post-practice interviews can tell you more than even what you saw on the mm-hmm. days before they put pads on. Look, I think the, the, the first thing you take away is Jameis Winston. I think sure. he was better in day one. Um, looks more relaxed, looks more comfortable. And I don't even know how to quantify this, but there looks to be something about him that is just more comfortable and maybe understands his place or feels his place. Look, he was terrific as a backup guy, and he Mm -hmm. he always kept his personality in the background. He was always in a good mood, but he never tried to lead last year. That wasn't really his job. That wasn't – he was the backup. And, And you can see a little bit different swagger about him even in one day, that maybe he's ready to assume a bigger role this year. That's great. And I mean, that's what you look for as a part of the recipe when it comes to the quarterback competition. So Jameis showing that part, what were some of the takeaways with Taysom Hill? I think we can, you mentioned about pumping the brakes in terms of, you know, getting too overhyped. He did get all of the team, you know, he got the first round of first team snaps, but at this point, it's a little bit too early to read into that, I imagine. Yeah, and of course, everything that Taysom, everything that makes Taysom Hill special, let's just say Taysom Hill is going to be the starting quarterback. If he's going to be that guy, it's because he can run and because he will run. And they can run variations of a, of a sort of a wildcat offense that can also throw the ball. So all the things that will make or would make Taysom Hill special as a starting quarterback, you would never see in a training camp practice. <laughs> he will never be tackled or hit people in a training camp special. So Taysom Hill, he's almost at a fundamental disadvantage, especially with no pads, in that the the beauty of the game, you know, the long passes, right, right. which Jameis Winston can hit on, and he, we saw a little bit of that today. 
he's got a gun and he he can be very accurate with the long ball. Um, he has elite quarterback talent. What Taysom does well is he's the bull in the china shop, and you're not going to see a bull in the china shop until you actually get to a game. So that's the first takeaway with Taysom Hill is that he's at sort of a fundamental disadvantage just in the beauty of the game because he plays the game in a physical mauler's way and not in the beauty of the long pass kind of way. Yeah, not an opportunity to really get excited about Taysom Hill running over a linebacker in right, training camp. To do it. The <laughs> linebacker in this case would have to get out of his way. Right. So, yeah, you're not going to see any of that. Right. Absolutely. That makes a lot of sense. All right, from the quarterback uh, position and the quarterback battle, let's go over to the weapons for the quarterback with the wide receivers. A lot of conversation going on around here. Of course, Michael Thomas expected to be unavailable at the beginning of the season. Then a potential, let's just say, looming suspension or situation on the way potentially for Deontay Harris. Who were some of the wide receivers that ended up getting some of those first team snaps and stood out for you today? Well, look, the one guy, and actually it was more of what he said afterwards than what he did on the practice field was Traquan Smith. Yeah. Look, this is a guy that the Saints don't have any choice at this point. It's not like we hope Traquan Smith steps up. Like All chips are in on Traquan Smith. He has got to be that player. And look, the one knock on him from a couple of years ago, and he admitted this freely, was that he would go to the line of scrimmage, and Drew Brees had a lot of signals where he would just look at a receiver and mm-hmm. expect that receiver to know what that look meant and to adjust your pattern based on – uh, the ESP of this look. <laughs> said he would go to the line of scrimmage. He had no idea what he was doing. And he yeah. freely admitted that a couple of years ago. Today, he said, not only does he know what he's doing, but he knows what the offensive linemen are supposed to do, what the running backs are supposed to do. If he does completely have the mental side of the game, Franklin Smith can be a good NFL wide receiver. We've seen it in flashes. We haven't seen it over the long term. Um, my guy that I like at wide receiver now I'm not sure I like him as the number two, which is what he's likely going to have to start the season as, is Marquez Callaway. When the Saints needed him last year, and the guy that I compare him to, he is a slightly less athletic version of Justin Jefferson, who's the Vikings mm. now, mm-hmm. rookie of the year talent last year. Look, what, what I loved about Je- Justin Jefferson's high school college program is he, he Justin Jefferson, to me, had the highest football IQ of any wide receiver I have ever covered. He has just an instinctual feel for when to sit in a zone and where to sit in a zone and when to blow by guys. Justin Jefferson, his the mental side of his game was so perfect that I think that's what elevated him. Physically, he's a really good receiver. Mentally, he's elite. And the one thing you saw about Marquez Callaway that I really liked last year was that he understood – how to play zones, how to sit down, when to keep running yeah. through. The mental side of Marquez Callaway's game is terrific. He's got good size, and one thing he does not have is great speed. So that becomes Frank sure. Smith has good speed, but not what you would call great. The Deontay Harris news hurts because he's the guy who can blow the top off a of defense, and you wonder where that's going to come from. Um, I do like Callaway. I like him a lot better as your three, a guy that can be in the slot and find the holes, which is how Justin Jefferson is best used. I I, I like him less as a two, um, but I, I do think he has a chance to have a really big season. And I know the Saints love him uh, in, in a much bigger role this year than he played last year. Absolutely. We know that the New Orleans Saints have done a great job utilizing sort of those big slot 
guys, uh, starting with, with Marcus Colston and, and moving forward through that. And perhaps uh, an opportunity here awaits for Marquez Callaway. Uh, Doug, and, uh, we're going to go ahead and switch over to the defensive side here. Any other offensive guys we'll pick up in the third segment as we take a look at some potential winners for day one. But now we'll change it over to defense as we continue on here with another episode of Locked on Saints. As the New Orleans Saints begin training camp and start to get ready for the 2021 NFL regular season, you might be looking to get ready for your day or help you get that boost that you need to get through the rest of your day. So I want to tell you about our good friends over at Built.com. Built Bars, the best tasting protein bars on the market. The protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Nine incredible flavors for whatever it is that you want, whatever it is that you like. You like mint and chocolate. They got a great mint brownie flavor for you. You love sweet. There's cookies and cream as well as salted caramel. And if you like fruit and chocolate, there's a strawberry bar. There's also a raspberry bar as well. Something for everybody over at BuiltBar.com. And even though all of those flavors might sound super sweet and sound like they're packed with sugar, you're talking four or five grams of sugar, but 17, 18 grams of protein. So go and check them out over at BuiltBar.com. These things are unbelievable. So try them so you can believe for yourself. I highly recommend the sample box so you get two of all nine flavors and get to try everything that Built Bar has to offer. So head over to Built.com today and don't forget to use the promo code LOCKED15 so you can get 15% off. That's at Built.com. All right, Doug, over to the defensive side here. Once again, joined by Doug Mouton, who's the sports director over at WWL. You can follow him on Twitter at DMoutonWWL. If you're on YouTube, you can see it right under uh, his video as well. We appreciate you coming through again here, Doug. We talked a bit about the offensive standouts for the New Orleans Saints. What about some of the takeaways over on the defensive side? A lot to figure out here for the Saints. Yeah, a lot. you're right. That's well said, a lot to figure out. I guess the one big question that I had coming in, and we still don't really know an answer to this, was, was who would be the number two cornerback on the other side of Marshawn Lattimore. For today, that was Patrick Robinson. Mm-hmm. And I do think, Pat, look, he's a former Saints first-round draft pick. He was terrific on the Eagles team that won the Super Bowl. Now, he was terrific in the slot, and putting him outside may not be his most natural position. I would have, if you had asked me uh, a week ago who I would have thought would start in that spot, it would be P.J. Williams. Now, he didn't practice today. He had a non-football uh, uh injury or, or however you want to say it that kept it was a non-football thing that kept him yeah. off the field today the Saints do expect him back in the next couple of days I'm curious to see if PJ Williams takes over on the outside and Patrick Robinson becomes the primary inside guy or if it's the opposite I, I think that makes a difference because then assuming Marshawn Lattimore uh, is suspended and look Mickey Loomis was asked about this Wednesday night and he said they the Saints have still not heard anything from the NFL so they do not know if he's going to be suspended for that arrest in Ohio. We suspect he will. We suspect it'll be somewhere from two to four games. But again, that is a pure guess. And for now, the Saints do not know. So look, I think that's where the, where the fulcrum point of this defense is, how you handle that. Um, and, and we don't know yet. I'm still curious how that plays out. Once P.J. Williams is there, I want to see how they play this. And then more than that, I want to see how they play this by Monday when the pads are on. And let's see how coverages work and and how these corners look when it's a full go. Yeah, we get a really good indication of things once those pads go on, like you mentioned earlier. And so now you're taking a look over at this cornerback position, which apparently adding another body there, Mickey Loomis, Sean Payton also calling a must 
on Wednesday night. So definitely a position to continue to watch. What about some other spots over on the defense? I know they're still trying to figure some things out at linebacker and on the interior defensive line as well. Yeah, and look, I want to go back to what you said. I think that was really telling because the week before the draft, Sean Payton called cornerback up, actually not a week before the draft, in free agency. He called Mm -hmm. it a must position to upgrade. They didn't in free agency other than re-signing P.J. Williams. Mm -hmm. And then in the draft, Paulson Adebo, sure, you got a rookie who hasn't played in two years. That is not, for anybody thinking he's the answer right now, he is not. And and you sort of knew that, and Sean Payton confirmed that Wednesday night when asked about the cornerback room, and he was asked simply, what do you think about your cornerback room? And he said, we're actively looking for somebody. That is a must. He called yeah. it a must, even right now, getting at least somebody else in there. And is it a must if Marshawn Lattimore wasn't facing a suspension? Probably. Is it a must with him facing a suspension? Absolutely. So I do think that is the number one thing. And look, finding the second linebacker, uh, Zach Vaughn is a guy you invested two third-round draft picks in, was never in the conversation last year, though he played special teams. Will he get in the conversation, or is it uh, your second-round draft pick, Weller, who I always want to call Peter Weller from RoboCop? (laughs) Will he be the guy that, that steps in and becomes a linebacker next to uh, Demario Davis, or do they go and sign somebody? Look, Juan Alexander worked out. All of a sudden, your money gets stretched more with the Mike Thomas, mm-hmm. with the David on Yamada. So, so the money in who you go get gets stretched. I don't know if they can afford to bring in another linebacker and still address cornerback and potentially maybe address the interior of the defensive line. Um, losing on Yamada for six games is a major hit to this yeah. defense. Look, the one thing we were not able to go to as many Saints games last year because mm-hmm. of COVID, whereas before I would actually be in the press box every game. And, and to me, this is something that stands out more in the press box than it does even on TV, is how, how defensive linemen are being blocked. And to me, the game that stood out was I was in Atlanta, and in Atlanta in the press box, they put you in the end zone, so you can't help but see it. Uh-huh. And David Onyemata drew more double teams in Atlanta than any defensive lineman the Saints have. This this was more than Cam Jordan, more than anybody, more than Trey Hendrickson, who was going nuts at that point in the season. The Falcons identified David Onyemata as the guy on that defensive line last year, and he was. And he handled the double teams, and he spectacular production. Now, I do think it's important when you're looking at this team on the course of 17 games, you're still going to get him back in week seven. Right. You want to get through those first six, but you're going to – game seven. Game seven. Uh, mm-hmm. game, right, yeah. You are going to get him back, and you're going to get him back fresh. So it's when you get him back, you're getting back a guy that won't be banged up. So it's going to eventually not be a bad thing. But at the start of the season, that is the big question. And to me, the one guy who has the most pressure on them to step up is Cam Jordan. Cam Jordan had a down year last year. He has 15 and a half sacks two years ago. I think it was six and a half last year. It was a down year. And even the eyeball test will tell you he wasn't the disruptive force. We have seen Cam Jordan single-handedly take over games. We've seen it many, many, yeah. many times. And Particularly in Atlanta. That, <laughs> yes. If Cam Jordan can be that guy again, then David Onyemata out for six weeks can be managed and overcome. But sure. they need the Cam Jordan of 2019 to come back on the field, especially in those first six games. To me, that's where – because he's going to see the double teams with no David Onyemata on the field. And he's got to be that guy that can still dominate even with double teams.
Absolutely. Good news is that David Onyemata is able to continue here to participate in training camp. So, they, you know, he is getting his reps, if you will, and throughout the preseason as well. So that's going to wrap it up for defense right now. We'll come back in just a moment here, talk a little bit of offense or defense. We're going to talk about winners from day one and what it is that we're looking ahead to uh, in day two with fans in attendance. So maybe a little bit more uh, fun going on in day two as we continue on with today's episode of Locked on Saints. All right, everybody, wrapping up today's episode of Locked on Saints. Once again, Doug Mouton here in attendance and with us again. Uh, and he'll be with us throughout as well as some other folks in WWL to help us keep up to date with everything going on in camp. Doug, we talked offense. We talked defense. Now let's just talk about general winners. Anybody else throughout the day that you would think of as a winner for day one of camp, which again, we should stress relax a little bit around the day one of camp, but let's talk about yeah. some winners. <laughs> well, look, we'll say this though. Mm-hmm. I, and, I, and I'm always the one bringing it back. When we went to West Virginia, day one of training camp, the first guy I tweeted about was this unknown, uh, undrafted rookie free agent wide receiver named Willie Sneed. So I don't know who this guy is, but this guy's really pretty good. And that was with no pads on. It turns out Willie Sneed had some really productive years with the Saints. So yes, I, I try to tell myself, you know, Throttle back, but at the same time, <laughs> everything you see means something. Look, I would say one guy, not a big surprise, but a guy with a big opportunity this season that had a really good first day is Adam Troutman, the second-year tight end. Look, this is a guy that in this offense has a has a real chance to put up good numbers and be a big part. Jameis Winston has put up big numbers with tight ends in the past. Uh, Troutman can get downfield. He can block. Like he literally could be the tight end who could do it all. He looked good today. There won't be a ton of pressure on him at this point, but he has an opportunity if he shows he can do it to step up. And I think Troutman um, would be a a good guy to put an asterisk by on day one, because not only is he he a guy you weren't maybe looking for, but he's a guy that does have a real opportunity to make a mark this season. Got to love to hear that because here he is now with this big, like you mentioned, an opportunity, uh, you know, Jared Cook in Los Angeles, Josh Hill going to Detroit, but having retired, he's he's the tight end room and he seems to be ready to step into that leadership position. Uh, you know, he talked about it during many camps and now here he is with an opportunity to show it out on the field to get started. Any other winners for you around the team? No, he, that, that's, that, that would be my one guy. And look, mm-hmm. look here's, the, here's the biggest winner. For everybody, Sean Payton took day one of practice indoors. That, that was the big one. It was 99 degrees in New Orleans with a heat index well over 100. And the one thing Payton said on Wednesday night, Sean Payton and Mickey Loomis do a traditional pre-training camp press conference. And the one mm-hmm. thing he said over and over was, we're going to try to manage this heat. But the NFL gave the Saints clearance to start. Every team clearance to start training camp practices on Tuesday. Saints decided to wait two days later and start on Thursday. Uh, you're going to see Sean Payton try to manage the heat. And look, you want some of that because you want you want to kick guys into shape and 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 kick their butts a little bit and get them ready for the season and harden them up a little bit. But at the same time, you don't want to kill them and have no legs by December by killing them in July and August. And you can already see Sean Payton with an eye on that practice one. Usually it's two or three outdoors, then indoors. He said, no way, it's just too hot. Let's just start indoors. So we fully expect day two practice to be outdoors. And then again, first day off Sunday. And then Monday is when pads go on. And that's when things get really interesting. So 
I'm going to throttle back on new guys and unknown guys until we see him with bad ones. Makes a ton of sense. So let's look ahead now. Some of the things that you're going to be looking for, and let's expand a little bit. Let's talk about some of the things you're going to be looking for day two of camp, which will be open to fans. But also, if there's anything in particular that you're going to be watching once those pads go on as well, because I think that's intrigue for folks as they look ahead. Yeah, no doubt. And look, I, I'll say this: we haven't watched the quarterbacks in forever. I mean, right. you're always watching other positions to see how they handle. But you're watching quarterbacks, and you're watching quarterbacks even between snaps, and how they deal with each other, and how they deal with coaches, and how they're talking to other offensive players, and just watching all those interactions. But I think the biggest thing when you cover camp, if you want to cover it honestly, is to try to not go in with a preset uh, uh, you know, rundown of things you want to look for, right. but really sort of let it come to you and see who just drops your jaw here and there. And, and I can think about it over time. I mean, look, the first guy who was absurd in training camp that you just said, I, I can't get over this guy was Mike Thomas. Nobody works like Mike Thomas in training camp. And, right. and his first three years in training camp, he, he was a monster at a level that I've never seen in training camp. Every rep is like, you know, the Super Bowl third down. Mm. I mean, every rep of training camp, I've never seen a guy attack training camp with the intensity of Mike Thomas. And that wasn't something you were looking for when you got there. But it got pretty obvious pretty early that this guy is wired in a way that very few guys are wired. And you see that right away. So I think as we go over, through camp the next few days, my goal is just to is just to go there and be as open minded as possible, and to not be looking for anything and just see what you see. I think that's great, and obviously that's going to allow all these guys to just jump off the field for you. And we look forward to hearing from you more as those guys jump on the field, and as you have more camp observations to share with us. Once again, everybody, it's Doug Mouton at D Mouton WWL Sports Director over with WWL, our partners uh, via Techno. We appreciate you very much for taking the time to come through, Doug. We'll be seeing you again here soon. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. Anytime, Ross. All right, y'all. One more big thank you to Doug Mouton of WWL. Make sure you follow him on Twitter at DMoutonWWL. He and the rest of the folks from over at the sports department, Andrew and Ricardo, are going to be coming through all throughout the offseason. Make sure that we're up to date with everything going on in New Orleans Saints training camp. Remember that we are daily here with you and the New Orleans Saints coming back tomorrow on Friday for their day two. And I'll probably drop a little something to make sure you're up to date with everything going on as they look ahead to putting pads on on Monday where stuff gets real. So we're about to have a lot of fun here on Locked on Saints, and I appreciate you very much for being here. Remember, you can find us on any of your favorite podcast providers and, of course, also on YouTube as well. And for all the times in between those episodes, if you want to get in touch, feel free to hit me up on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how your mom and them. And trust you, that nation, I'll holla at you.